Good evening, a good moed. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're learning Maseches Shkalim, Daf Test. As well, we'll be learning um, approximately half of Daf Yod of Aleph, um, trying to chip away a little bit at a time. The bladder just uh, sometimes complex, uh, and they're always very long. Um, and then in your session tomorrow, uh, we'll push to get to the bottom of Yod Aleph and That should be feasible. Yod Aleph and is a shorter block, shorter Amad, I should say. Uh, let's get started so everyone can make Marav on time. We are on the bottom of Chesim Bays, four lines from the bottom. Yesterday, we made reference to the Shir of a Revis. And tonight, we're going to learn some of the halacha, some of the infrastructure parts of the halacha, as to how we would measure such things. Says the Gemara, five, four lines from the bottom. Amar of Hanin Luga, a Lug is a measurement uh, from the Torah. Lug and our revis is a revis halug. So when we speak about revis for the purposes of Kiddush, for the purposes of Dalakosos, so that is going to be uh, one quarter of this. So the Meforshim say that if you were to take a lug and then you divide it into four equal parts, one of those cups would then be a revis, a revis, a quarter of that volume. So says the Gemara, Luga do Raisa, uh, how do you measure that? It's based on the t- the Tmunta Atika. The Tmunta Atika was a measurement. And again, it, you'd have to divide it by four to get to a revis. It was itself a lug, four revios. And that was something that was used uh, back in the day, Dimuraisa de Tipori. It was used as a measuring cup for, um, for fish brine in the city of Tipori. People had this wisdom as well, in the times of Rabbiana, because they would measure um, honey with that as well. Skip two lines. We're starting now with the second line or continuing in the second line on Tesmadal. Why are you calling it ancient if you were using it in your day? You just said, like, wow, you know, they use it to measure honey in, in my city. That's not ancient anymore. That's still today. So why are you using the word ancient? So answers the Gemara. East Amre de Havas is the era of Arabsa. Some say that it used to be a smaller mountain and it was increased over the years. East Amre de Azaira, that when it was made smaller um, from uh, one generation to the next, below Azaira Kamo de Havas. It wasn't actually uh, made smaller in the right way. So we would still refer to it as, as the ancient measure, but it wasn't exactly correct in the way it was being used in the times of Rabianat. The real one was really the Tmunta Atika, that's what it was referred to, and it was a perfect, again, it was your prototype of how to measure out a revise by having a log, which is four revios. How much is the actual volume of the cup? We saw this in a somewhat complex Gemara in Maseches Psachim. There we learned a little bit differently than we're going to see here. Fifth line, Dav Tesmet Aleph, Rebiosi B'Shem, sorry, Rebiosi B'Shem, Rebiosi Ben Pazi, Rebiosi Barbibi B'Shem, Rav Shmuel, a lot of Rebiosis. What do they all say? Here's the volume. Here's how you would create a container that would hold a perfect revise. Etzba'ayim, al etzba'ayim, two finger breaths by two finger breaths. Al room etzba, at the height of one etzba, umechza, 1.5, ushlish etzba, and a third of an etzba. So that's approximately 1.8, give or take. So it's two by two by 1.8 finger breaths. The problem with this is if you remember what we learned in Psachim, is that we gave a different volume. We said over there it was two by two by 2.7 finger breaths, and here it's two by two by 1.8 finger breaths, so the, the numbers don't stim. So some of the Meforshim and Psachim indicate by the Valeatosos, they're right, that maybe this volume was in a cylinder shape, and maybe the volume over there in Maseches Psachim was in a, uh, a rectangular shape, a, a cuboid shape where it has length. It's all in with sharp right edge corners, right angle corners, but here it might be a circle, so there's more area more volume, I should say, in a, in a cylinder than there would be in a uh, similar diameter of a rectangle. Either way, this is the way we would we would measure the uh, the revis. Says the Gemara after the parentheses, seven, eight lines down, Rabban de Kesari, Rabbi Yossi Barbibi Shmuel, these uh, the rabbis of Kesar, 
of, of Kesari and uh, Rav Yossi Barbibi said, Asa the Rav Nassan Kirv Shimon, there's a shita of Rav Nassan that is like the shita of Rav Shimon. What are each of these shitas? Kimadir Rav Shimon, Amar Biraviz, just like Rav Shimon says about a Raviz, Kain, Amar Rav Nassan Biraviz, Lichashe Yikrash Vihebo Kazais. What happens when wine congeals, when it dries out a little bit and it becomes kind of like a, a jello type of substance? So then we stop measuring in Raviz. Then we turn our measurement over to a solid measure. And that would be that of a Kazais. And that's uh, a seemingly Rav Shimon and Rav Nassan both seem to agree with that. Vihebo Kazais. Gemara tells the story, uh, Reb Simon ben, ben Reb Yishuvan, the shame Reb Yishuvan Levi, that he tells Reb Simon, these, na- these names are not all, all, they're always important, but they're especially important tonight because we're going to come back to each of these names. Reb Simon said in the name of Reb Yishuvan Levi, Maisa appeared to us, Rebbe, the story of the mule of Rebbe, Shemesa, the animal died and some blood had exited the body when it died. And uh, here it seems to be that they were mitahir, the blood, as it relates to its status of being an Avela. The animal wasn't Avela, it wasn't uh, the way it was the way it died. So therefore the animal has uh, normally has tumor. The busser has tumor, but the dam that exited, that doesn't have tumor. The Shah Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Simon. Rabbi Simon was the one who told the story about this. He quoted this halacha. So Rabbi Eliezer looked back, look at Rabbi Simon. He was sitting there. He said, Okay, thank you for telling me the story. Ad Kama, what is the shear? Up to what volume of blood can exit the body before we trigger a tumor of Nevela? What does it take? Below Ashkachbe, he ignored him. What do you mean he ignored him? That's very strange. Fine. So Rabbi Eliezer was frustrated, as the Gemara will say explicitly in a line. But he said, in the meantime, he's like, well, fine. If, if Rabbi Simon was quoting in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, I'll just go to the to the mouthpiece. I'll go to the to the person who actually said it. to Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi. So then Rabbi Eliezer went to the person who, for who actually told the story to Rabbi Simon. He went to Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi and said, uh, And he answered the question. He said, if there's an amount of blood that comes out of this animal, the pirda, the, the mule of Rabbi that died and some blood came out, up to a revise. Once a revise of blood has exited the body, then that blood would then have the status of Tumas Nevela, big nafkaminas. We have to make sure we understand how to measure the volume. That's why this is coming right here on the heels of our measurements of two by two by 1.7 or by the, the, the Tumunta Atika, whatever whatever the measuring measuring tools are, we need to know what that is because there are massive nafkaminas in regards to Tumavatara and regard every guy. We have to figure these things out. So that's what the Gemara says. Uh, so the Gemara says that Kama and then Rabbi Shimon Levi said Ramale Ad Raviz Tahor Yosir Me Raviz Tamei. So this is a problem in the Gemara. What about a Raviz itself? What about an exact measurement of a Raviz? That's like kind of reading between the lines here. They didn't say either of them. Ad Raviz it's Tahor. When it's more than a Raviz, so which one? What is about a Raviz itself? So okay, the Gemara doesn't say that. I think we could probably guess on our own that a, once we hit the Raviz mark, you're already in another category, and there's probably Tuma there as well. Ubash the Rabbi Eliezer, he was frustrated. Uh, uh, toward Rabbi Simon, Rabbi Simon that he never gave him an answer. And similarly, Rabbi Habayasi, Rabbi was in the base medrash. Masne Hadin Uvdan, he was repeating over the story. Amar Le, Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Kahana, Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Kahana looks at Rabbi and says, "You just quoted this story about the mule of Rabbi that died. Can you please give me pshat? I Rabbi Yitzchak Yosem Mikan Tamei." He was guessing. He didn't know the answer. He said, "Should I assume that I'm correct in the assumption that if the blood that comes out of the mule of the nevela is less than a kazai, is less than a revis, excuse me, that's going to be considered tar. But if it's more than a revis, it's going to be considered tamei uba'atbe." And that, then again, what's going on with the story? Why is everybody ignoring? So Rabbi Eliezer first uh, was snubbed by uh, Rav Simon, and now in this story, it's, uh, it happened again, where uh, Rav Yitzchak Bar Kahana was asking a question to Rabbi. He also bought me. He, he, he shoot him away. He said, "Don't ask me any questions." So someone in the base medrash was watching this interaction. Amar Le Rav Zurika. Rav Zurika said to Rabbi, "Why'd you do that? Begin to shayelach at bud at bud He asked you a question. What are you What are you kicking him away from the desk for?" 
Just answer his question. What is the problem? So no, Rabbi, his mind was elsewhere. Amar lay begin to lo halas daiti be because I wasn't myself. I, I've been off my rocker today, says, says the Gemara, but I, I pushed him away. What was going on in Rabibi's uh, world? He was having some uh, some hashkafa challenges with his finances. The Amar of Hanan, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says that it says, if your life hangs in the balance, what is this? Uh, what does this Pasuk refer to? And the Gemara has a drasha, a little bit more than a third of the way down on Testament Al, the drasha is, that's a person who buys enough wheat for the entire year. That person has, uh, their, their, we know he knows that his life is in the balance as it relates to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that Hashem provides all that parnasa. The Pasuk continues, a person is going to be fearful day and night. That's a worse stage. That's a person who only buys for a couple of days. That person, they're, they're constantly in fear. Am I going to be living past next week? We, I, you know, we shop in our family once a week. We go to Jewel, we just, uh, we stock up. So that's uh, that's this category of Sidki. You know, he's buying from the merchants. You're not even going to believe in your own life. That's a person who goes to the bakery every day to get food. That's all the money that they have. Their life is entirely dependent on a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And he was, that's not good. It's better to buy for the year than it is to buy for the week and than it is to buy for certainly for the day. And I've been relying, says Rabbi I've been relying on the paltor on the daily uh, on the daily rations that I would buy from the baker. So I'm just very stressed out about this that my uh, I'm not able to make the expenditures that I need and it's hard for me. So therefore I was distracted and therefore I pushed away Rav Yitzchak Bar Kahan who came to ask me this question. Okay, fine. Umau Kidun, what is in fact the halacha when in regards to Dam Raviz? So it says the Gemara, here's the Brita. Hey Eid, Rav Yoshua Ben Pesora, Rav Yoshua Ben Pesora. Again, this is a Brita. That's important to note that because it's going to come up in a few minutes. Hey Rav Yoshua Ben Pesora, Al Dam Nevela Shu Tahor, Mai Tahor, Tahor Mila Hachir. Different than our initial understanding, with Yeshua ben Pesor and the Brisa Rice, that when it comes to Dam Nevela, and we say that it's Tahor, it's not Tahor as it relates to making things Tame from Nevela. It's only Tahor in that it is not something that can cause for the transfer of Tuma. We know, of course, we've learned dozens of times throughout Shas this principle of liquids being a machshir tuma to make a tuma transfer from one item to another. So there has to be a liquid medium of Yad Shachadam, Yayin, Dva, Shemen, Chalav, Tal. Um, Mayim and uh, Dvash or Dam, whichever one I didn't say, I don't remember. The, the two Dals of Yad Shachadam is uh, Dvash and uh, and Dam. So here, that's the Dam here, is that this Dam, normally we'd say that blood is a machshir, it can transfer Tuma. But says uh, says the Gemara, quoting a Bryce, the name of Yeshub and Pesora, the Dam of a Nevela is Tahor Mila Hachshir. It's not able to transfer Tuma. But against our initial Habamina, like we thought that, no, it's up to a revise of liquid, of Dam, that it's just not metame bichlal. Forget about tumas machshir. It's not machshir. We're not even talking about that. But here, Rabbi, Rabbi Shuv ben Pesora turns uh, turns the page on us and says about uh, letamos metame. At any shear, it seems to be that uh, the the blood would be um, would be metame. So it says the Gemara that can't be. We're halfway down on daftes amud aleph at the words taman tanina smack in the middle of the page. It says the Gemara taman tanina, and we have a brisa elsewhere, and that brisa shows us that what you just said, uh, Rabbi Yoshua ben Pesora, can't be true. You said that there is the dam of the nevela, which is not able to be machshir tuma. It cannot function as a liquid to transfer tuma, and its blood is also tummy. But that doesn't work because we have a brisa that says that, that those parameters are only true by sheretz. Says the brisa, dam hasheretz kibisaro that the dam of the sheretz is like its batsar in that it's mitame ve'eno machshir. So we see that it can cause tuma, but it's not able to be machshir to cause liquid 
to, be, to function as a liquid to transfer to from one thing to the next. And not only that, there were, that's the only story. That's the only, it's the only Cinderella story. That's this case right here that the Dama shares is the only scenario where the blood is metame like the meat and it's not a machshir. But we just tried to say that that was shot in our case of the Dam Novella. So that doesn't make any sense. It should be that the only place that this halacha exists is by the Dam Sheretz. But that's not what it says here in our Gemara of Rabbi Yoshua ben Fisora wanted to say that, that was also true of Dam Novella, not only of Dam Sheretz. So says the Gemara, this is not a strong contradiction. Rabbi Yoshua ben Fisora can keep his answer because, and there's a slight change in the gears of the Gemara. It's Kishir, or this year, there's like a whole bunch of options here. A Kishir Tumaso Shadamu Metame Kibisar. No. The Ein Kayotzebo doesn't mean that there are no other halachic scenarios where you could have blood be mitami like it's basar, but not have the capacity to transfer tuma. Um, and it can still happen by Dam Nevela as well. What was the Ein Kayotzebo here? That was just saying there's a uniqueness by Dam Hasheret that the shear tumaso shedamot mitame kibisaro, that with a very small shear uh, that the basar can be mitame, so too can the Dam be mitame the Tuma of the Sheretz, so just a unique exclusionary din that applies over there. In short, we have two approaches here. We asked, what does the Dam of Nevela do? So approach number one we saw on the top of the page is that less than a, less than a Revis of Dam is not Metame at all. More than a Revis of Dam is Metame. The second approach of Yeshua ben Pesora was that uh, we have a Shtikl Chiddush, which is that the blood is Metame in any share, seemingly in any share, and it is not a Machshir. It cannot cause Tuma to transfer from one to food to another. We're almost two thirds of the way down, a little, little bit higher on the page than that. There is in fact a machlokes amorem lemaisa, because we saw that there's two approaches in the Rishonim. How do we treat the blood of a nevela? So here's the machlokes. One says that it's, uh, the blood is takatami, the other says that it's tahar up to a particular shear. The shita who holds that the blood is tamay, that's like the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda, the one who says that it's tahor, seemingly is like the sheet that we just saw in the Bryce a few lines above in the name of Rabbi Yehuda ben Pesora. Amar lei ravav duma, mi demin nechusa, we know that this is correct about Rabbi Yudu. He passed in that way in regards to the Bein uh, And who, whose mule was it? It was Rabbi's mule. So he was the posseg. He was one of the Dayanim in town. And he passed in down the Shaila. And he passed in the Chumrah that it was Tame. So we see over here that this Rabbi Yehuda is definitely Lashitaso. And these machlo, this Machloket and the Amorayim uh, is now matched up perfectly. That we said, we said, Chadam or Tame, Chadam or Tahor. So the one that says Tame is Rabbi Yehuda. And that matches with our story that we saw on the top of the page. That brings us to the two dots. Two thirds down on Daf Testament Aleph. Let us continue. We said in our Mishnah that one should be um, above the fray in regard to the possibility of any Geneva, any uh, any possible stashing of coins on their body. So that's what we saw in the Mishnah the other day, and we said that people have to really try it and, and do their best. So let's take a, see a little bit more nuance here in the Gemara. Tani, Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says Kavats, a person who has uh, long long locks of hair. Uh, that's where the word comes from. It's talking about long braids or long locks of hair. Lo yitrom He should not be the one who goes into the lishka because you could stick money into the into the dreads in your hair, into the thick braids in your hair, and then that would be a problem. Uh, so you, he should not do it. Tani They would look between the fibers of our clothes are very finely woven. Our problem is that we have pockets everywhere. My suit jacket has ten pockets on. It's easy to stash things. So their garments were much more simple in that way. They just had to make sure that they are, that there were no, basically it's a, the old version of frisking, just to make sure that you, it, was, it was clear that there was nowhere to hide anything. Tani, midbarin, and they wouldn't stop talking to him the whole time, asking questions back and forth, talking and learning, because they didn't want him to stick things in his mouth. 
We, that's how uh, contraband has been sold uh, all over the globe. Swallow it. So it says the Gemara, we didn't want that to happen. Why didn't we put water in his mouth? Very difficult to, that's not so pasha. You, you have to put water in his mouth. And you know, let's say they picked a particular share. You have to spit back the water in the cup and you get out. So it'd be a great way to make sure that he doesn't swallow anything. Good. So the Gemara, we can't do that because what we are doing is hafrashas truma. And when we do hafrashas truma, you have to make a bracha. And therefore, you couldn't put water in your mouth. You're not allowed to have anything in your mouth when you make a bracha. That's Allah Chalamaisa. So let's say, for example, uh, you're uh, eating a food. You have gum in your mouth. And you're now have to make a shahakal on another drink that you didn't anticipate to drink. You're not allowed to keep the gum in your mouth. You have to take it out of your mouth, make a bracha, and then put it in. So some people, um, this comes up a lot. Um, I know for myself and others who sometimes need a cough drop during davening. Not when you're saying the words Baruch to Hashem. Really not during davening at all. If it's avoidable. Um, because uh, you're, you're, uh, the language is uh, I, there's another Pasuk there's a Pasuk that has a direct re reference to this and I can't remember which one it is the point is that when we make a bracha we should not have food in our mouth so they, they, put, they, they couldn't put water in his mouth because he had to make a bracha even if he could stick it to the side of his mouth and gargle out a bracha it wouldn't have been appropriate Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman B'Shem Rabbi Yonasan, he points out that the idea that we saw in our Mishnah is also validated People should strive that they should be yotze with the brios, that they should be uh, above the fray with, with the creations of the world, just like they should be above the, uh, above the concerns of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We should strive for both. So some people are kanaim for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but they're not kanaim for people. Some people are kanaim for people, but not for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Neither of those are correct. We should be trying to strive for excellence in both. It doesn't mean pandering. It doesn't mean to be spineless. It doesn't mean to do what everybody asks you to do. It just you should be super yasher and super airless. So nobody has any questions about you. The Torah, Minayin, what's the Pasuk of the Torah? We saw this in our Mishnah. What about Nevi'im? Nevi'im, Minayin, five lines before the end of the parak, before the end of the halacha. Nevi'im, Minayin, Dechsiv. And what about Three-way machlokas in regards to what Gamliel Zuga means. That is that his name? He's from Zug. Or was he a person who worked with scissors? Zug in, there, in the Gemara language at scissors. Or was he a Zug, like one of the Zugos? So we don't know exactly who this is referring to. So a Gamliel Zuga, Shal Rebiosi, which Pasuk really is the most correct of them all? Which one encapsulates everything, answers the Gemara to finish up this section? That Pasuk is the one uh, that is most inclusive. Again, uh, there's plenty of room for Drush here. This, this is an Omer Dorsheni. Why was the question asked and why was the answer given the way that it was? Ayin Shem and all the Svarim to see what possibilities there were. Halacha Gimel, 10 lines from the bottom of the page, Tatsamadala. We saw this previously, that Rabban Gamliel always wanted to make sure that his coins were actually used for the truma. So what he would do is he would hold it in his hands in a way where they could see, kind of like between his fingers, so that people could see he wasn't holding anything else. And he would toss it in front of the, the gizbar who was standing there. Uh, and he would make sure that Rabban Gamliel's coins got pushed into the actual kupa, so that actually his money was going to be used when the hafrashas truma took place, and they'd actually be buying animals. Uh, we don't do any truma until the gizbar says out loud to the people in charge of the base of Mikdash, should I do the truma? Three times. We want you to do the, the, the truma, the, the hafrashas truma. 
Why three times? Well, we see this is found in a number of places in Shasta, this idea of repetitive comment in order to indicate your intent that yes, we want you going in that room and we're going to say it three times. You know, it's a, again, it's another, it's another check on in the system to make sure that everything is Yosha. So he had to say it three times. There were three times that there were donations, that there were uh, monies taken out. And uh, they would, after the first one, they would, they'd cover it with sheets of leather. Then they would take from the second truma later in the year, and then they'd cover that with katablios, with sheets of leather. And the last one they did not cover. Why was there any coverings at all? Because when you took from the first, uh, from the first time of the year, to the second time of the year to the third. We had to make sure that all of the monies were separated properly because Shema Yishkach mean Hadavar Hatarim. When you do the second giving, the second time you come in to do Afresha, we don't want you to take from the first year's giving, from the first uh, from the first giving of that year. So we had to put the leathers in there to make sure that there was a separation between them. We're going to qualify this piece more in the Gemara, but the Mishnah says that when they did the first Shum at the beginning of the, um, the first time of the year by, uh, by Shavuos, so then... Um, by Pesach, excuse me. So then what they would do is they do it for the sake of Eretz Yisrael. The, the cities that were close by, the countries that were immediately surrounding. Um, the third time that we would give, which would be by Sukkot, that would be with intent for the whole world. The Gemara says, what was this whole shtick that was going on with Rabban Gamaliel and the Gizbar that he'd have to make sure that his coin was actually inside the kupa? What is the big deal? What does that mean? Like if I if I give my life there, then everything else has been treated already. And it and if Rabban Gamaliel's coin is not part of the truma itself, he's gonna be Yote with all the Korbanos. So what is the big deal? Why do you why was he why were they doing this? It says the Gemara, third line, That's their own thing. It wasn't a halachic requirement, otherwise we'd be in big trouble because there was Shirayim. There were always extra coins that didn't make, didn't make it into the cut, but halachically, even if your coin was sitting in the Shirayim and the leftovers of all of the coins in the in the Lishka, you were still Yotze as long as your money made it to the Lishka. Good, you were Yotze. But uh, this was not a, a halachic requirement. It was their own desire. Tony, the Bryce writes, if the, uh, if the sheets of leather that were separating one giving from the next giving, uh, if the sheets fell off, then everything in the container then became shirayim and they would not be using it anymore for the giving. It would remain shirayim. There might be a use for it, as we'll see in a moment. Uh, but that was um, and that was the din, that the leathers that they used to separate one box, one section from another, if it fell down, then it was all shirayim. Tony, the Brysa also writes, Shalishis he paisa ashira shebekulan. The um, the third giving was the one that always had the greatest amounts of coins. Shahayuba isterios shel zahov vidarkonos shel zahov. These two different types of gold coins, they were always found to be because you're you're traveling from further, so you have to kind of ramp up your volume uh, that would all be included under one coin. And these coins were very very valuable. The dogma instead of taking all the pennies, you, you, you scaled up to nickels. Uh, that's fine when you're moving from, uh, I don't know, from uh, Syria to Yerushalayim. But if you're moving from Chicago to Yerushalayim, you're not going to want nickels and you're not going to want dimes. And you're not going to want quarters. You're going to want Bitcoin. You're going to want something else. You're going to want something much more valuable, gold, whatever it is. So the further they were coming from, the more valuable the coins were. So the third giving of the year, the one that came in for the Chutzlar's people, that was always of the wealthiest of the givings.
Tani, the Brisa authorized Tarmitz, Arishonos, Hashem, Eretz Yisrael, Ula Shem, Kol Yisrael. This Brisa qualifies our Mishnah. It said in our Mishnah that the Truma was done for the sake of everyone in Eretz Yisrael. What about the rest of the world? Mecha Tesi, that you can only say for Eretz Yisrael. The Brisa here just corrects. It didn't mean only that. It's also the Shem, Kol Yisrael. Shnia, the second giving was the Shem, Krochem, Amukafen. Yes, to the cities that were close by, but also the Shem, Kol Yisrael. Be'ashlishi, and the third giving of the year by Sukkis was the Shem, Babel, Umadai, the Shem, Adinus, Arachokus, Ula Shem, Kol Yisrael. That it wasn't done, Stan. It was always done with the intent of all Kol Yisrael because Afrash had to include them. You had to have them in mind, like we'd say by Kiddush, that I'll have all of you in mind. This is like a regular thing at our Friday night table. Does anybody want to make Kiddush? I'll have you in mind. We do this all the time. This is like So we always try to keep them in mind. And here too, it wasn't an exclusionary comment of oh, the first giving that was done by Pesach is only for the B'nai Yisrael, the second one for the local countries, and the third for the far people. No, it was always L'Shem Kol Yisrael. Brisa, 10 lines down. Tani, not Once you've already given from the first, let's say you've given by uh, Pesach, so then even though there's leftovers from there, but you'd already purchased what you needed, but there's still leftovers from the first um, allotment, doesn't make a difference. When it comes to, to Shavuos, there you're still going to take from the second bucket. That's what you're supposed to do because it's the second giving of the year. And the same would be true on Shavuos, that once you've taken from there, if there's any leftovers, we don't use those when it comes to the Sukkot giving, to the Sukkot truma there, we take from the third container. What about What if you run out of the third bucket? Okay, then you can go back to bucket number two that was given on Shavuos, and you can use that. Uh, and if you finish the second bucket uh, for that third slot, then you can go back to the Rishona, no problem at all. You can use all of those coins. And then we have a Machlokas. What if you really ran out of coins? You're coming up to Sukkot and you don't have enough korbanos to get through the Chag. So what are you supposed to do? You ran, you ran out of coins. All that's left is the Shirayim. So that's the Machlokas in the, in the Tanaim. Here's the Tanakama. We're about a quarter of the way down, almost a third of the way down Testament base. As a Gemara, Shilmu Shlashton. You finished out all three containers. There's nothing left in the actual boxes. Choser Vishokel. You got to go back to the people and say, I'm sorry, we didn't have enough money for this year. You guys have to give another Chansi Shekel. Oh, Rameir says, absolutely not. Rameir Omer, and this is Lashi Tesla because we saw this earlier in the Masechta. Rameir Omer, closer the Shirayim, that you are allowed to um, utilize the Shirayim. Shahai Rameir Omer, Mo'alim B'Shirayim, Shamiz Tarchulah What was he of the opinion of? That there's still Me'ila by Shirayim. Well, if there's Me'ila by Shirayim, then they must be Kodesh. There must be some status of Kedusha there. And if there's some status of Kedusha, then if push comes to shove, you're allowed to use the Shirayim for the sake of buying Korbanos. This brisa we're about to learn is one of the most famous brisas in all of Shas. It's the brisa which is the root for, it's also quoted in other Masechtas, this brisa is the root for uh, the Masilas Yisharim. Um, and uh, it's uh, referred to as the brisa of Pinchas Ben Yoyer. And when it says V'chein here, and similarly, it's not attaching itself immediately to the lines prior. And again, this is sometimes the choppy nature of Shkalim, is that this is going back to a different part of our Mishnah, which was that you need to be above, uh, above people's criticisms. It doesn't matter how do you get there. That a person uh, having zaris, having some uh, some fire in their belly, that will lead them to nikius. Nikius, in uh, in the terms of the Masila Susharim, is to make sure that you're naki from avera. Nikius may be tara. Once you've reached that rung, so then when you've done that, then you can get to the level of tahara where you're mamasha tahor. You, you, this is what we say, but, you know, taharenu. On Shabbos, when we daven, that we should try to have a level of Tahara. And Tahara mevili de Kedusha, and that's a whole other level. Uh, uh, that's uh, 
Mikadesh atzmecha b'muterlach. That's called kedusha, is where you separate. That's machlokas rishonim. Is kedusha sanctity, or is kedusha being mavdil, separating yourself? So here, uh, this is where you're mavdil from some of the things that that are worldly. Uh, again, within reason, we, we we're not uh, those who shun the pleasures of the world. Um, at the same time, there's a level, there's a place for some degree of extra discipline. And kedusha, when you're on that level, maybe 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 anava. Once you're on that level, there could be some level of anava. But on all of the lower levels, there is no anava yet. This is a ladder, after all. You can't skip rungs. Anava mevila de yiraschet. That's terrifying. The only time you have yiraschet is when you're on level six, level seven. That's very far up the chain. Yiraschet mevila de chasidus. And yiraschet leads, leads to this very, very lofty level of chasidus, a closeness with a closeness with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Chasidus mevila de ruach hakodesh. And when a person's on that level, look what you've accomplished so far. You, you have no Averas, you have Tara, you have Kedusha, you have Anavi, you have Yeraschet. These are lofty levels, at least the Ruach HaKodesh. And then the, 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 the peak of the human condition is that someone who has Ruach HaKodesh may be the And these are the stories in Tanakh that we saw with Eliyahu and Elisha, all these uh, wild stories. These people reach these levels. We, we see the roadmap. This is how we do it. And the Ramchal, in, in his Sefer, he details how to get there. Uh, that's uh, the, the, the crazy part. And if a person were to be on such a level, then they would be able to be And then the Gemara goes to quote a Pasuk to teach you how we shift from each rung of the ladder, not so much how, but much as what are the Mari Makomos, the reason based on the Pasuk, after Kapara, which is Nikius, there's no Averas, that's Nikius, then you can get to Tara. The Pasuk has both words in the same Pasuk. So the Pasuk there speaks about um, how you can get from Kedusha to Anava. Both of those are referenced here. You have a Kadosh in one part of the Pasuk and Daka Veshval Ruch in the end. How do you get from Anava to Yerashachet? Famous Pasuk. How do you get from Yerashachet to Chatzid? Because the Pasuk writes, B'chesed. Hashem Olam ve'ad Olam al Yireyov. The Chasidus can be to uh, to Yira, as the Chasidus indicates. Chasidus mevila de Rucha Kodesh. 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 Chasidus mevila it's Eliyahu Navi Lifnei Bo Yom Hashem Hagadol VeHanora. We can if you want. Uh, you are a Balmosov after all. Tana B'Shem Rav Meir. Tana B'Shem Rav Meir. Kol Kol Misha Kavua. This is an unbelievable Gemara. Kol Misha Kavua BeEretz Yisrael. Umedaber Belashon Hakodesh. VeOchel Peirosa BeTara. Korei Kriyashma BaBoker UBaEret Yehei Mevusar Sheben Olam Haba Hu. Unbelievable. So the Mephorshim uh, have uh, a whole host of, uh, of ideas here as to what's going on. The art scroll on the bottom quotes, uh, you know, the, the four elements. Uh, you have the goof, and the ruach, and the nefesh, and each one is connected to the whole board here. But uh, from the Pashtist of the Gemara, if a person does live in Eretz Yisrael, and they speak in Hebrew, and they eat the fruits, uh, betara, even when they don't have to eat betara, and they say kriyash maboker in Erev, so some of this is amazing. There is a mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael uh, is spoken about in the post game and eating your your food bekedusha. That may be a chumrah, but kori kriyash ma boker va'erev. I can taste that. Sukim and chumash. Fascinating. So the mubus are shaven alam ba hadron alach perak v'shlosh aprachim, hadron alach perak v'shlosh aprachim, hadron alach perak v'shlosh aprachim. You rush to come back to this daf in seven and a half years. Let's start the next perak and move a little bit onto daf. I'm always ready. I left my guitar at home.
Allah Aleph, Ada would be a scene. That would be a scene. Can't hey Siri, <laughs> can you give me some of the hand mirrors? Okay. Allah Aleph, Masnisa, the Mishnah writes, What did they actually do with the money? What, namely, what was what were the line items in the budget? They took the money to be Mafra Shuma, Baruch Hashem, Al Kinam, Al Khamash, Rekh, Shah, Mr. Savish, Hafriz Shuma. What did they do with the money, Tachlis? It says the Gemara, Lokhin, Batamid, and Mutaf. And obviously, they bought the Korban Tamid, all the Musaf, and today's the day we bring the Korban Musaf that would have been purchased on the right at the end, uh, right at the beginning of the month of Nisan. Then he skehem all those Korbanos, Omer, the Korban Omer, which was just two days ago. Also, we would pay the guards who were Svich and Bishvi's. Halacha is that uh, we have to be careful of anything that grows from seeds that were left over. We have to be careful about that. So these guards would make sure that nothing was growing in the fields. They'd get their money from you. Again, it's, you know, it's like your employment line item. So you've got uh, animals X, you got animals X, Shabbos, whatever the korbanos were, everything was detailed out. And that was you're allowed to spend the money that way. Rabbi Yossi Omer, that really, if you wanted, it do, you don't have to pay those people. That's a real shayla. Because if I want to dedicate my time to the Beis HaMikdash, and I say, I volunteer to watch the Sfichim for free, and I'll make sure that none of this is going to grow. So what about that money? Is that considered okay? Right, so that's a shayla in the Rishonim. And anyways, uh, not everybody agrees. Amrulo, they said to him, it has to be that the money comes from the tzibur. It can't be someone's private donation. Not every private donation can switch over into something that is, uh, that is uh, for the public, as we've seen a couple of times. We're, gonna, we're at, right now on the top of Yudam and Aleph, top line. Uh, let's just see the Rashi on the top of the page to give us a little bit of framing. Uh, not Rashi, excuse me. <laughs> Old, old, old habits, old habits. <laughs> We're thinking soon. We, have to, we only have another 11 blood and I'm counting. It says the Korban Ha'ida on the top line, in the fourth parak of Tainus, what does it say there? There were nine different times that we had this celebratory episode where we would collect wood. What's going on with the wood? So let's see what's going on with the wood. in the Gemara. We got only these nine particular groups of families. That's what it was. That's what happened. There were nine families who were able to give the firewood, and everybody else. Everybody else had to hold off. What was going on there? Ella says the Gemara line two. When they were coming back to rebuild the base of Mikdash, they couldn't find any firewood by the base of Mikdash Shani. They looked. They had none. A whole bunch of people said, I have the wood for this. These nine families. I'm going to dedicate the wood. And they gave it over. The And they were the reason, they were the reason why the basic makers were able to get up and running right away because they had all of the wood. You can't have korbanos without wood. The last three uh, that we had, and they were by the time of the second Beit Even in a time when the Lishka of Eitzim is jam-packed, but these Jews who were there in the beginning and they want to give the halacha is their wood would always get used first. Oh, very good. So that is the shita of Rabbi Yosa. What does that mean? Now we know why this Gemara is being brought here. Can you give voluntarily for something that is going to be used from a seaboard? Can you give something private, your own time, your own money, and have it count for the tzibor? So our Mishnah had a machlokis in the Tanaim here. So this Gemara Mishnah and Tainis, which says that we let the nine families give of their own, 
that must be like Rav Yosef. That must be like the sheet in our Mishnah that says, Afarotzeh misnadev shomachinam. Rav Yosi the Amora, b'shem Rebbe Eloi, divrei hakoli, I disagree. I disagree. Really, when it comes to the, uh, to the wood, when it comes to um, the wood that's being used for the base of everyone would agree that, uh, that, that you can volunteer that. Ma pligen, where's the machlokas really fundamentally? Where's the machlokas in our Mishnah? So where did we say that that was? We said that was by the case of the Svichin Shebeshviz. So our Gemara says, ma pligen, what were they arguing? Begufo shel korban, things that are super direct. But korban, the wood is just a machshir of the korban. It's not the korban itself. Kol korban korban Marimakam number one. Marimakam number two. Tani. Let's say that a woman is a, a mother is so proud of her son that she that he that her son's a kohen. So she hand stitches the bege, the begadim for the kohen. Does that count? Can she make something for the tzibur from her own bare hands? So says the Gemara. She has to give it over as a gift. Amar Rav Acha, the Rav Yosihi. This must be the same Rav Yosi that we saw about the Rav Yosi Amar Afarotzim Isnadev Shomer Chinam. And what does Rabbi Yossi, the Amora say on this Rabbi Yossi, the Tana? He says, B'shem Rabbi Lod, I disagree, Ma'plikin. Really, where's their argument? It's not on these ancillary things. It's not on the clothing. Really, the Machlokas was only the Gufa Shel Korban, Abba Machshire, Korban Kolama Modai, Shumishtana, Korban Yachid, the Korban Tzibur. You're allowed to do that with Machshire, and that's not a problem at all. Now, Masnithan, our Mishnah doesn't work with this Amora. What was Rabbi Yossi, the Amora trying to say? That the wood was, uh, that the wood was a Machshire. He said the wood is not the actual korban itself. It's just, uh, you know, one of the things that you can't burn a fire without wood. So the wood is a necessary evil. It's just what it is. You have to have it. So it says the Gemara, a third of the way down on Yudam and Aleph, Masnis and Pli Yarav Yossi. Because, Korban, Korban. We would um, do these, uh, uh, these, uh, these celebratory days, whether or not the Beisam Mikdash stood in a time when there was a korban, and even in a time when there wasn't a korban. And in the times of the Beisam Mikdash, the, he said that we still had these celebratory days of these nine families who got to give, who got to give the wood, the ode, mean hada, and as well from here, says the Gemara, the Tanya Amar Rabbi Eliezer, Bey Rabbi Tzadok, Anu Hainu Bebei Sinam Ben Binyamin, we were one of the families, the families of Bnei Sina, the son of Binyamin, Bechal Tisha Be'av Liyos Be'Shabbos, and that year Tisha B'Av fell out, fell out on Shabbos, and their day to bring wood to the Beis HaMikdosh was the 10th of Av, but this year, you know, this year Tishaba was a nidche. It was put. We have this Ladina today also. So that Tishaba was on a Sunday. That was their day to celebrate and have a suda, and they were going to give to the base of Nikdash. So what did they do? So obviously the fast was pushed off the Motzei Shabbos behind and we did fast a little bit, but we didn't finish our fast below Mashlina, and we didn't finish the fast. We celebrated the day. Haraya, we see that it's uh, that you, Rabbi Yossi Barilai, you want to say that it's uh, not really essential. It's only a machshir. You're wrong. It's not only a machshir. We see that the wood that's being used for the fire is a central piece of the process. We're going to stop right here at the two dots, almost halfway down Yudam and Aleph, and we'll pick up from here tomorrow night with hopefully another blot and a half plus, and then we'll be caught up so that it can be Friday and we'll be behind again. Mm -hmm. Wishing you all a beautiful night, a good night.